And so Psalm 116, and it's found on page 615. And this is God's word to us here this morning. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangle me, and the anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord, O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. And when I was in great need, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul. For the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I said, I am greatly afflicted. And in my dismay I said, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord for all of his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant, and you have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we thank God for his word to us this morning. Well, let's take our Bibles together. Turn to Psalm 116, page 615. You've got a pew Bible. And we're going to see this beautiful psalm that reminds us of the God who is the great rescuer. One of the things that I, I follow on Facebook is the Mourn Mountain Rescue Team. And so from time to time, I read stories of people being taken off the hill and uh, used to know a few of the people who were involved in that uh, team. An incident took place on Friday, you might know, that was new to me and everything else, everyone else, I think, and that was that a teenager was hit by a falling sheep. A, a, a sheep uh, decided to fall off a cliff, and uh, this unfortunate teenager was walking along uh, below the cliff in the morns, and it, uh, it took him out. And uh, the call went up for a rescue. He was uh, looked over in hospital and discharged. Thankfully, he was okay. And the report said that the sheep was able to leave the area unaided. So <laughs> that was very helpful. Well, I'm sure you've all read stories of people getting into real trouble. And uh, we often find that whenever we do, one of the things that happens is that people pray. Even people who, who are not Religious people don't go near a church, for example. They often find themselves calling on God for help. And, and one of the things that, that we see here in this psalm is that this psalmist was in a situation in which he was really in trouble, and he called upon God for help. And that's just absolutely the right thing to do, because one of the things that we learn here, that we know from the Scriptures, is that God is a rescuer. He reveals Himself as a great rescuer, and countless people have experienced God stepping into a particularly difficult situation, 
helping them in ways that they can hardly begin to explain. And we get encouragement from stories like that in, in friends' lives, and I hope this morning we're going to get an encouragement from the psalmist story to, to realize that God is a rescuer. I don't know what has been going on in our lives this week, but maybe many of us just feel, Lord, we need to know that you are one that we can really, really count on, that we can really lean on because things are a little bit difficult for me just now. Well, we're going to see how this was a played out in, 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 well, we don't know who, who it was that wrote this psalm, but in the psalmist's life, and uh, we then know that, that God can be this for us too. You see how thankful the psalmist is, I love the Lord for He heard my voice, He heard my cry for mercy, because He turned His ear to me, I will call on Him as long as I live. That's the basic thrust of what we see here. We want to be convinced that God is a rescuing God. So we're going to see this basic theme, God is a great rescuer, and we should praise and obey Him, obey and praise Him. That's really what we're looking at this morning. We're just going to step through and, and highlight that as we go through. Well, we can see that, that, that God delivered the psalmist from a very difficult and dangerous situation. Verse 3, the cords of death entangled me, the anguish of the grave came over me, I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. We don't know exactly what the problem was, but I think to any of us looking at it, it looks as if it was life-threatening, maybe an illness. He talks about affliction in verse 10. It might suggest that. But we know that the psalmist, if it was David, had plenty of experiences like that where his life was absolutely on the line. And we know that events like that really leave their mark. They really shake us and rattle us. Some of us know what it is to, to be affected by post-traumatic stress. Long after an event, we still find that those things press in upon us. But, but David was, or the, the psalmist was, was one of those people who, who was able to, to get through it and put it behind him because he, he knew that God had helped him. You see, he cries out to God, I called on the name of the Lord, O Lord, save me. It's an imperfect tense. It doesn't just mean that he prayed once. It means that he prayed again and again and again. He was constantly in prayer as he was in this situation. And in response, God delivers him. Whatever happened, the threats vanished. The sickness left him. The situation was put right. He's able to tell himself, verse 7, that all is well. Be at rest once more, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And he's aware of this great change within his life. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, verse 8, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. One of the commentators said, you have changed me from a blubbering mess to one who is back in control. Well, this is what God has done. And there are some things that the psalmist has learned about God as he's gone through this circumstance. That's what often happens to us, isn't it? It's, it's when the pressure is on that we find ourselves experiencing and understanding new depths of what God is like, things that we wouldn't figure out or experience without the pressure sometimes. Well, that's what happens for the psalmist. You see verses uh, 10 and 11, quite difficult verses to translate, but probably the NIV has it right. I believed, therefore I said I am greatly afflicted. 
that Paul quotes this in 2 Corinthians, and, and that seems to be the way he understands it. And he's saying something like this. I, I understood because of who you are, Lord, that I could bring us all to you. I, I believed that you were this sort of God. And so I could come to you and say, Lord, I'm greatly afflicted. I'm in a great mess here. This is how broken I was, how helpless I felt. The psalmist learns that there is a robustness about God that welcomes our honesty with Him. And we know that, don't we? However broken we may feel, our God will welcome us as we turn to Him. He's also able to say, you see, all men are liars. You notice that? All men are liars in verse 11. All, in my dismay, I said, all men are liars. This is a little bit odd, but what he's really saying is, I'm understanding the utter unreliability of other people. He, he, he's, he's coming to God as his, his ut, utmost help. You know, we, we, we sing sometimes with abide with me, when other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless who abide with me. And that's what, what the psalmist has found. No one is as reliable as you, O Lord. doesn't mean we don't seek out others' help, but we know in comparison with the help that anyone else can bring us, God is our utmost help. Remember one time reading a, a, a psalm with a, an old person in a, a nursing home and, and saying to him, the old believer who's now in glory and, and and said to her, isn't it great that we have the Lord to, to rely on? And here was a lady who, who had a very attentive family, a very good setup in terms of the care that she was receiving. And she said, almost without thinking, absolutely, you've got nobody else to really rely on. Now, she wasn't saying that her family weren't great to her, that, that the care that she was receiving wasn't good. She was, she was saying, like the psalmist, God is our bedrock as far as help is concerned. And so that's one of the things that the psalmist had found out about God. He'd also seen that, that God is kind. Isn't it interesting sometimes that, that when we find ourselves in terrible situations, in other situations that might cause God to, others to doubt God, we can sometimes discover depths of God's kindness to us. Verse 5, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Sometimes we forget this simple truth. God cares for you and for me. God also doesn't write us off. You see, verse 6, the Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, He saved me. Now, simple-hearted sounds like a humble term, but it's, it's nearly always negative in the Bible. It's, it's sort of more like foolish, it's, it seems that the psalmist was looking back and saying, you know, Lord, as, as I look back at this, I've been a fool. I, I, I've, I've listened to the wrong people. I've, I've gone the wrong way. I, I, and yet, what does God do? He doesn't write him off. He doesn't say, well, you've made your bed. You've got to lie in it. Aren't you amazed at times that God doesn't write you off because You've been a fool. I find this all the time. You get a little insight into your own character, and you think, what a fool I am. How prone I am to act by myself and not to trust the Lord. How amazing that God does not write us off. 
That's where the psalmist had found. So you see, God has stepped into his situation. He's, he's revealed new things about himself. The, the psalmist has just discovered that, that, that God is better than he'd ever thought. So, so what does he do about that? Does he say, thank you very much and, and walk away? Not at all. Well, you see that, that there's an appropriate response to God's goodness to him. Verse 15 tells us that. Oh, sorry, verse, verse, eight, verse 8 and 9 tell us that. For you, O Lord, have, been, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. So there's a reason he's aware that, that God has dealt with him graciously. God saves him not only from something, but for something. That's always what God does. He always has a purpose for us. We are here because He has a purpose for us. He says that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Walking before the Lord has to do with our obedience. It's the, it's the very opposite of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Adam hid from the Lord, you remember? And, and, and we're called to, to, to not hide from the Lord, but to walk in the light, to walk before His face in His full view, as it were. And that means just doing what we would do if we knew that He was absolutely beside us, obediently following Him. So it's not just enough to, to say thank you. It, that thank you needs to translate into, into a life that says, now I'm going to live for you and with you. If you're aware that, that God has stepped into your life in a significant way, you must know this, that He's done that so that you might walk before Him all the days that you're given in the land of the living. He also talks about praise here. You notice verse 14, speaking of fulfilling His vows in the presence of all people. You see, He's not going to keep it to Himself. He's, he's, he's saying, I'm going to I'm going to be with the worshiping gathering uh, uh, there, and I'm going to sing your praise. I'm going to offer sacrifices and so on, but I'm going to tell others because it's going to glorify you, and it's going to demonstrate to others where they should go for help. Do you know, many of our friends and neighbors go through the same difficult things that we go through, and the help that we have found from the Lord, they so desperately need to know about. Could you say to someone, this is really hard for you. I realize that. Do you know, forgive me for saying this, but, but I really find God to be a help to me when I go through trials. Why don't you try praying to Him, and I'll pray for you as you do that. Openness about God's help for us. But there's one more thing that we should see here about how we respond to, to God revealing Himself to us to be a helper, and that is that, that we go back for more. You notice in verse 13, I will lift up the cup of salvation. You see, sometimes sacrifices were a, accompanied by, by what was called a libation, where, where wine usually was poured out at the altar. But this is a little bit different. This is not something that we give to God. This is something that we take from God, something that He gives. So this is amazing, isn't it? The way that we thank God is by taking 
some more from him. An appropriate response to his work in our lives is to ask him for more. God loves it when we ask him for more because we cannot exhaust his resources. He has more to give us than we could possibly ask him. And one of the ways that we repay his goodness to us is by digging deeper, by going back for more. I suppose the illustration is that of a, a great cook. They prepare you a great meal. They love doing it. How can you express your thanks to them? Maybe it's by saying, have you got any more of that? I, I would really love seconds. Drink down more of what God gives us. God loves it when we come to Him for seconds. So, can we identify with the psalmist? He's been in trouble. God has been good to him. He's cried out in his trouble. God has answered him. He, he knows that all of his life, even his death, we haven't really looked at that verse, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. All of his life, even the end of his life, is, is overseen by him. God is his only real help. Only he is worthy of trust. And now he wants to tell others, God's been so good. Get more of him. Maybe God has delivered you from something in the past, and that's special. Maybe you're in the midst of that at the moment, and we want to pray that, that God will, will help you to know his rescue in the situation that you're in. But, but maybe we don't find that there's something in our life that correlates with this exactly, but there is, on a bigger picture, something here for us all. Because whenever we set this psalm in the great story of the Bible, which tells us of a trial that we all face, that we're all in, well, we know that we're facing a crisis, don't we? We face a, a crisis of the, the judgment of God, every single one of us, all under it. Without Christ, the Bible tells us we're not just missing out on something that's good. It's not just that we need some better information. It's that we're lost and we're under the judgment of God. The Bible tells us that the wrath of God is being revealed, not just in the future, but in our day. The disintegrating bleakness of the wrath of God. We don't hear about that, perhaps, as much as we should. As Christians, we are sometimes made to feel as if we should apologize for mentioning the fact that, that God is, is a judge, that He is holy, that He is full of wrath against evil. But, but in days whenever God has visited the land in great power, days of revival, those have also been days when people are very aware of their situation of judgment before a holy God. Uh, Union College is, is running a, a, a study day on Jonathan Edwards in a couple of weeks, and uh, Jonathan Edwards was a, was a great a minister in the great American Great Awakening. And at once he, he preached a sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And, and, and it wasn't that he was particularly eloquent or forceful. I've heard that he, he very much read his script and so on. And yet God came into that body of people with such power that people were, were crying out and holding on to the, the seats, the pews, because they felt themselves slipping, as it were, into hell. They were able to say very clearly, the cords of death entangled me. I know where I stand before you without the Lord Jesus. I'm absolutely lost. 
And then it's whenever we feel the weight of that that we're able to call out, like the psalmist said, oh Lord, save me. Many can testify that, that as we've done that, as we've known that we need a Savior and we cry out, Lord, save me, then we can say, I love the Lord for he heard my voice, he heard my cry for mercy. If some of us haven't done that, or even if we have, we need to understand something about this. Paul here, or the, the psalmist here speaks about lifting up the cup of salvation. You think of it as, as God giving you a great goblet full of the, the sweetest and most nourishing of drinks. This is for you, he says. Take it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. But, but if we know what the Bible says, we know that the way that God is able to give us that is because of another cup. You might remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says, Lord, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Now, that wasn't the cup of salvation. That was the, the cup of God's wrath. The Bible speaks about that too. And today, this psalm reminds us of the cup of salvation from which many of us have drunk, which is on offer to, to all of us. And the way that God can give us that is because Jesus has lifted up the cup of God's wrath. You see, he took punishment for us. He soaked up God's wrath against sin. He did all that was necessary, and now we are offered the cup of salvation. How amazing. Do you see the, the, the foolishness then of, of, of turning away from that, of saying, well, even I, I'll, I'll come back to that another day. It's really to say that, that God, I don't believe that what you're offering me is all that special. There's other things that, that, that are much more important that, that I would do and then maybe come back to you. That sounds pretty much like a rejection, doesn't it? The proper thing to do, the wise thing to do, the best thing to do is to take it, to, to lift it up as the psalmist does here, to take it for yourself. Then we can say, the cords of death entangled me, the anguish of the grave come over me. I was overcome with trouble and so then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, save me. And you really then will know what it is to say, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that you are the great rescuer in the circumstances of our lives and the great rescuer of our very lives, the one in whom we can place our trust, not only for the situation that we face today, but for our eternities. Lord, help us to call upon you to trust you and to thank you, lifting up the cup of salvation, whether we come to you for the first time or we go back for more and more and more. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.